Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is George Lizos, and we will be talking about his new book, Protect Your Life, A Practical Guide to Energy Protection, Cleansing, and Cutting Cords. Protect Your Life introduces a modern, comprehensive, step-by-step system of clearing, shielding, and strengthening your energy. It's the first book to address energy attack on social media, empowering readers with practical methods for protecting their energy online. Protect Your Light empowers readers with a toolkit of tried and tested energy protection processes for identifying and clearing energy attachments from their energy field, along with shielding processes that repel and transmute energy attacks, while also strengthening the natural energetic defenses. George Lizzo is a spiritual teacher and intuitive healer, passionate about helping lightworkers follow their purpose of creating positive change in the world. He's the number one best-selling author of Lightworkers Gotta Work and Be the Guru, creator of the Intuition Mastery School, and host of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. For more information, you can visit George's website, which is www.georgelizos.com, and that's George, L-I-Z-O-S.com. You can also find him on Instagram at George Lizos. With that, I'd like to welcome George to the show. Good day, George. Good day, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's my pleasure, and, and I enjoyed your book and um, have never been so energy aware of this in my life, but, uh, but that's a good thing. So um, let's start with the idea of energy protection. So um, can you tell us basically what it is? I mean, what, what do you mean by energy protection? Yes, of course, and thank you so much for for reading the book and for for sharing about it. So energy protection, the way I define it in Protect Your Light, is it's the art of being energetically authentic. It's about ensuring that what's ours is ours and what's theirs is theirs. When you think about it, we apart from our physical body, we have this energetic field that extends outside of our physical body known as the aura. And our aura can't receive energy as we move to life. So as we go about our daily activities, both offline and off, uh, offline and online, and we interact with people and spaces, there are different energetic attachments that we catch. So our aura, our energetic field, can become cluttered with other people's thoughts, other people's emotions, and different types of energy. So if we don't take the time to consciously identify, clear, and protect ourselves from all that we are receiving, then we eventually end up thinking other people's thoughts, feeling other people's emotions, behaving in ways that are not in alignment with who we really are. 
So energy protection is about taking our life back. It's about learning how to create energetic boundaries between our energy and other people's energy so that whatever thought or emotion that we're having is stemming directly from our own connection to source rather than from other people. Yeah. And so the cleansing part then would be the removal of those attachments um, and connecting more clearly to source. Exactly. So in Protect Your Life, I share a seven-step process of protecting our energy. One of those steps is all about cleansing and clearing. Actually, the main three steps that I want people to go away with is step number one, identify, step number two, clear, step number three, shield. So identifying is all about scanning your energetic field to identify all the different uh, energetic attachments that may be cluttering it. Step number two is all about cleansing and clearing, which means using different practices to remove whatever's there. And then step number three, which is all about shielding, is all about surrounding ourselves with vibrations and, 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 and shields and light that allow us to be protected from further energy attachments. But when it comes to clearing specifically, what I'm very passionate about is working with earth-based practices. That's why in Protect Your Life, the primary practices I, I introduce are earth-based, meaning working with the different energies of the earth, working with water to cleanse ourselves, or working with fire, whether consciously or, sorry, whether uh, like real fire or like the energy of fire, working with the wind and working with the earth. So there are many different practices that we can leverage that have been used ever since the ancient times to cleanse our energy and uh, reconnect to who we really are. Yeah. Now, um, I understand, you know, the idea of, you know, these attachments and mucking up <laughs> one's energy. Um, but the idea of needing or um, wanting protection, does that um, kind of naturally lead to the idea that there's something to fear? that requires protection from? That's a great question. So usually when I talk with like spiritual people about energy protection, there are two schools of thought. One school of thought says it's very important to protect your energy on a daily basis. And the other school of thought is like, oh my God, no, don't protect your energy because you're buying into fear and you're buying into duality and you're attracting attack by protecting yourself. Now, my perspective is somewhere in the middle. Firstly, it's important to understand that when we take the time to connect to who we really are, to connect to the love, the oneness that we're made of, then that connection with who we really are is our natural protection. When we are aligned to, with love, we are protected. That alignment is our protection. However, we are not meant to be aligned 24-7. We are human beings. We were born in a world of duality. We were born in a world with contrast. And therefore, there will be opportunities and there will be times during the day when our vibration lowers and therefore we become a vibrational match to low-level frequencies. It is in those moments that we need to leverage on these practices to bring ourselves back into a state of connectedness. A second point I want to make about this question is that when you look at the industry of protection, it's a massive 
industry, a multi-million dollar industry. And when you go back to the ancient times, to the first humans, they all protected themselves by staying in caves rather than being out in the cold and or for also protecting their, themselves from animals. So this idea that we need to protect our physical bodies and our energy has been around for so long that it's so deeply ingrained into our DNA, we can't really escape it. So in the same way, we put on a belt when we are in the car or we set strong passwords on our computer or we put on a coat when it's raining outside, we should also protect our energy and put on our energetic coats before we hang out with people and we expose ourselves to different types of energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, and the idea of so, um, the vulnerability of a being in a low-frequency kind of state of being, you know, would attract similar energy. Um, so now, when something like that happens, I mean, is it then do we just concentrate, you know, or, or do those, you know, maybe earth-based practices to get that vibration back up? Yes. So essentially, the seven-step process that I teach about in the book is based around the, the, the steps of identify uh, clear and shield. There are a few other steps as well, but these are the main ones. So, essentially, energy protection, the way I teach it to, to my students, is it's something we have to do every single day. Yes, when we identify someone has attacked us during the day, we can take a moment to connect and, and release that. But if we have a practice that we can come back to every single morning before we start our day, that's the best way to go about it. So, for example, what, before I start my day, in the same way that I go to the toilet and I brush my teeth, I also take 15 minutes to do a meditation during which I take myself through the seven-step system of tuning into my energy field, seeing what's there, clearing, shielding myself before I start my day. And then at the end of the day, when I shower, I also I, I use a practice that I, 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 I teach in the book. It's called the unicorn shower. <laughs> it's basically a cleansing shower. Whenever we are in the shower, we can ask the water to cleanse us. If you think about it, the earth uses the ocean currents to clear energy and, and, and transport energy from one part of the world to a different part of the world, and so do the ocean currents, like, below the, uh, the ocean. So we can also work with water to cleanse ourselves. Through history, different cultures and religions have used water for cleansing. Christians, for example, they use water to cleanse babies during baptism. And uh, Muslims, they, 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 put, they, they bathe themselves in water and wash themselves with water before stepping into the mosque. My own religion, the ancient Greek pagan religion, uh, we always like wash our hands and our faces before we step into a temple. So when you go back in history, water has been used to cleanse energy for so many years. So uh, usually when people think, oh, this is very new agey for me, it's not really new age, it's very old age. <laughs> That's just coming back again right now and we're remembering what our ancestors have already known. So taking a unicorn cleansing shower is a great way to cleanse energy at the end of the day. But having a daily practice is ideally the best step we can take. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Um, so when we're talking about energy attacks, now 
this can happen, um, I mean, it doesn't, it's like non-local. I mean, you don't have to be in contact with necessarily the individual that is maybe attacking your energy. So yes, so there are different energy attachments that I talk about in Protect Your Light. Some of them are involved, like have to do with people, others have to do with just energy, others have to do with spirit. The ones that have to do with people have to do with residual energy, which is energy that people leave in space. So let's say, for example, I'm walking down the street and I'm having negative emotions. I'm literally littering the place around me with my emotions because my energy just gets emitted from my energy field out into the physical space. So someone else passing through that same spot can catch on that same vibrational frequency if they are a vibrational match to it. There is also collective thought forms, which is the collective energy of certain fears and limiting beliefs that we can um, unconsciously hook ourselves into and be influenced by. There are low-level spirits that just uh, linger around the world uh, looking for people to just make a connection with that siphon away our energy. You have toxic cores of attachment to different people, to places, to objects, to past lives, to events in our lives, to different countries, to, to even beliefs that we have. So energetic cores are basically cores of attachment. Whoever and whatever we have a relationship with, whatever that relationship may be, we have an energetic connection with. And if that relationship eventually goes bad, then that energetic cord that may still be in place can affect us in a negative way, which is why uh, it takes a while for people to get over their exes when a relationship ends, because the relationship may end physically, but the energetic connection, the energetic cord of attachment is still there, so you have whatever fear or anger or resentment, either person is still in being transferred back and forth through its cord. So it's very important to be aware of all the different energetic attachments and then use those practices to clear and protect ourselves. And to go directly back to your question, do we need to be in contact with these people? We already are in contact with these people because chances are we all have energetic attachments with them, but they don't have to be near us physically for us to be affected by that negative energy. Yeah. So now we've been talking about the, um, the I guess, negative attachments, I would say. Now, what about the idea, I mean, we also have positive attachments, correct? I mean, it is, so is the um, process of protection and cleansing, um, is it important to necessarily, I mean, it's important to focus on those negative or those toxic types of attachments. So when when you do that, what about the positive attachments? I mean, do, is there, I mean, do we search for and um, open with welcome arms positive attachments? So we do have positive, yes, of course, we have positive attachments, we have negative attachments, we have all different types of attachments. Now, with the positive ones, there are ways of amplifying them that I I, I teach in my my private psychic clearing sessions. However, in Protect Your Life, I don't focus on the positive because it's a book specifically about protecting ourselves from negativity. But it's certainly possible to identify and strengthen 
certain positive energetic attachments as well. Okay, great. Yeah, because, you know, as I was going through and reading the book, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of had that chuckle when you were, you were talking about, um, the, I think that was the sample symptoms of energetic attack. Yeah, I think you said in the book that you could go on and on and on about, you know, examples yeah. of, but it would be a very negative book. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, man, I appreciate it. But, I um, try to keep but, it light and fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and you did, and you did. Um, the, the thing, though, is, is that in, in your book, you indicated that, you know, just because we don't focus on them doesn't mean that they're not there. Um, you know, so, the, you know, the would you mind kind of sharing um, just a couple samples of what would be symptoms of being of an energy attack? Yes. So the way that I define energy attack in the book is, so we have the energy attachments, which are all the external energies that kind of affect our energy field. And then when we have many of them, or even just one of them, but in a significant way within our energetic field, that can potentially, possibly manifest into an energy attack. An energy attack is basically when our energy field is overwhelmed with external energy that it can't take it anymore, and therefore we have certain negative symptoms. And in the book, I share many different of those symptoms. Some of those symptoms, for example, are uh, having strong headaches, consistent headaches, or feeling chest pain, or feeling like you're being watched, or feeling uh, like consistently drained or feeling any kind of pain within your body that just won't go away no matter what you do. So we have a combination of physical, emotional, and mental symptoms that are ongoing. Now, the key word here, they are consistent. So I don't want people thinking that, oh, whenever I have a headache, oh, that means I'm energetically attacked. It's very important to, to be realistic here and realize that there are many different other reasons you may be experiencing whatever symptom you may be experiencing. But when you've dealt with everything, when you've tried everything and you still have something bothering you, then you may also want to check psychically and see what's there. For example, I'm working with someone right now and she's had a back pain in a specific point in her back has been painful consistently for the past 20 years. She tried chiropractors, massages, she tried everything and it won't go away. In this case, you would you would consider that, okay, maybe there's a spiritual, energetic reason behind that. So we would go into the energy field, use the scanning process that I teach about in the book, scan, and then see what's happening there. And in her case, for example, there was a connection to a past life, a traumatic past life, and we had to address that. So the symptoms are there, but they are, they are symptoms that can apply to anything else as well. The rule of thumb is if you have the, the more of those symptoms you have that I list about in the book and the more consistent they are, then the higher chances you're affected by an energy attack. Okay. Yeah, now, I also was kind of fascinated with the idea of, you know, a past life contribution to uh, an energy attachment. That to me, it's like not only do I have to work on and clear what I've what I've done this time around, but also maybe what I've done a couple times ago. You know, so yeah. it seems like it that there would be um that it could be daunting, 
you know, to recognize the number and impact, you know, when you consider it over multiple lifetimes. Yes, it can definitely be daunting. And in the book, I, I actually say that like very explicitly, that it is the first time that you're going to scan your energy field to identify energy attachment, you will likely get overwhelmed because you'll be inundated with so much stuff coming into the surface. And it's expected to be overwhelmed in the beginning, but like with anything you do for the first time, it's harder at first and it gets easier down the line. For example, when we first go to the gym and we start exercising, the following day we were like paraplegic. <laughs> we, we, we can't really move because our body's aching. But the more you do it, the, the, the more you get the hang of, it, hang of it, and eventually you get to love it. So energy work is a muscle like all kinds of muscles. So the more you do it, the easier it gets. So if it gets overwhelming in the beginning, just take it one step at a time. And that's why I reach in this book. It's a very practical step-by-step -step process that, that doesn't have to overwhelm you. You just follow through the process step-by-step -step and you take yourself through it. Now, coming back to the past life and all the different stuff that can be there, yes, it's a lot. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because our society is focusing primarily on the physical, the emotional, and the mental component of things. Whenever something's wrong, we're going to check on the physical body, then we're going to check our emotions, and then possibly our thoughts as well and see what needs to be adjusted there. But we keep forgetting about the energetic and we keep forgetting about the spiritual side of things, which are also parts of who we are. We're not just physical, emotional, mental beings. We're also energetic beings and we're spiritual beings. And therefore, when it comes to healing anything, we have to approach healing from a multidimensional perspective, a multi-level perspective. So in the book, I talk about the spiritual component of past life traumas and karmic contracts, which are... Uh, vows we've taken in past lives that are still active right now, or karmic curses, which are essentially uh, energy attacks uh, that, that happened in a past life that are still active right now, and the energetic components of things, as well as the physical components. So, yes, it's overwhelming, but it's the truth. <laughs> and rather than hiding away from the truth, it's easier to understand it, own it, and then take a step-by-step -step approach towards it. Bit by bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we're, we're about halfway through past the show, halfway through the show there, George. I want to take just a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about, um, in your book, you talked about one um, energy immune system. So I'm going to talk about yeah. that when we come back, okay? Perfect. Great. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello. This is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. 
We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is George Vizzo, and we're talking about his new book, Protect Your Life, A Practical Guide to Energy Protection, Cleansing, and Cutting Cords. Again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is georgelizzo.com, and that's george, L-I-Z-O-S.com. And with that, we're back, George. Hello. <laughs> and I, I do want to also remind people that you are on Instagram at George Lizzo, and I am now one of your 18,000-plus followers. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thank you. So now um, let's talk about energy immune system. Tell tell us about that. What what do you feel that is and how we can become more aware of it? So aside from our physical body and our physical immune system that takes care of our physical health, we also have an energy immune system. This is made up of our chakra system, our seven, seven plus chakras, and also our auric system, our auric field. So our aura is made up of seven different layers that correspond to the seven chakras. And there are additional layers as well, but these are the main ones. And what our energy immune system does, it metabolizes and it, 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 not, it controls the transfer of energy between our different bodies, between our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and energetic bodies. So whatever happens within one level of our being affects the other levels of our being as well. For example, if there is something physical we're dealing with, there is an energetic component in it as well. And usually the root cause is energetic and that it feeds into the mental, emotional, and, um, and physical planes of existence as well. So it's very important to be aware of that because the more we become aware of our energy immune system, the more we become aware of how it's affected by energy, and therefore the, the more we can do around identifying and clearing whatever it is it has attracted. So in Protect Your Life, I give a, a more in-depth um, introduction mm-hmm. of the energy immune system and guide people through a process of scanning it to identify what's there so they can clear it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's just like uh, physical nutrition. You kind of need to feed <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, energetic immune system as well. Exactly. That's why we use different shields, for example, to amplify the energy immune system. So when it comes to the shielding practices that that I talk about in the book, most people are aware of shielding themselves with white light and, and placing themselves in a white light bubble of protection, which is a great amplifying shield. But there are different types of shields that we can use as well that strengthen our energy immune system. Well, that's great. Now, and people can find out more in your book about that. Um, now, the one thing I want to kind of move in for to the rest of the show is, the, you know, the idea of, you know, 
us living, the way you put it, living in a digital landscape. Um, can you, you know, and, and that your book is really one that is the first to identify and recognize, you know, that uh, online energetic um, impact that, that we can have. So tell us about um, your view of the digital landscape and how it can affect our personal and individual energetic system. Yes. So when I was doing my research before writing this book, I realized nobody was talking about how to protect our energy online. And we live online these days, especially during the pandemic. Everybody went online. I mean, look at us here right now. You're all the way in the U.S. I'm all the way across in Europe, across the world. So we, we are communicating online. And digital spaces are also spaces. What we need to understand about the digital world is that it's a reflection. It's a mirroring of the physical world. In the same way that the physical world is divided into continents and countries and spaces and cities, and we have private spaces, semi-private and public spaces, the digital landscape, the digital world exists in the same way. So we have blog talk radio as a country, a digital country of its own, and then we have Instagram land and Facebookville, and then we have all these different social media sites, they're all different countries, and they all have different spaces. So, for example, right now we're in a public space. Anyone can come in, for example. When you go to Instagram, you have a DMs that they are a private space. Then you have the Explore tab, it's a public space. You have your feed, it's a semi-private space. So, in different spaces, you have different people coming in and out, bringing different types of energy. So it's very important to be aware of this categorization, knowing and being intentional about what spaces we enter, why we enter those spaces, what kind of energies we come into contact with, so that we can take the time to protect ourselves online as well as offline, and also so we can take the time to cleanse our digital spaces as well. We talk about using stage, for example, to clear our houses of negative energy and ourselves. But who ever, like, talks about cleansing the energy of our digital spaces <laughs> and staging our, like, digital landscape? Nobody. But I think it's very important that we start having that conversation because we spend so much more time online than we used to in the past. Yeah. Well, I, I can just say it now. Digital stage. <laughs> Virtual stage. There you go. Wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, one of the things, you know, as I was going through, and this particularly captured my attention, the idea of our um, digital landscape online, you know, because I um, I think like you, um, I have a, a personal and a professional kind of um, Facebook page, you know, where, where I kind of, you know, have some distinction you know, between the two and, and try, try to keep the two, you know, separate. But... But there's, um, when it comes to, um, I guess, controlling our digital space or maybe taking control of our online presence, can you talk about um, maybe just a couple actions that we can take that would demonstrate kind of retaking that or taking that control? 
Yes, of course. So in Protect Your Light, so part four is all about digital energy protection. And I talk about both tactical and also energetic practices we can use to keep ourselves protected online. Now, when it comes to the tactical processes, the most important mindset shift here is to realize that, yes, there are all these different cities, these digital cities that we're, that we're part of. But we are the mayors of those cities, and therefore we have control. And those different cities have given us that control increasingly over the last few years with, with regards to privacy laws changing, etc. So let's say, for example, with Instagram and with, uh, with Facebook, if we can go into our privacy settings and choose what Instagram and Facebook show us, choose if we want to see ads or if we don't want to see ads. When it comes to the people we're following or they're following us, we have the power to select, okay, I, I want to hear from those people. I don't want to hear from those people. If we don't want to unfriend someone, for example, or unfollow someone on Instagram, we can mute their stories and we can mute their posts. So we have increasingly more power as to what we can see. So the practice here is intentionality, is having intention with how we manage and use our social media sites. Are we going into something to create or are we going into something to consume? And if we're going into a social media site to consume information and, and, and be entertained, for how long are we doing that? Are we having those conversations with ourselves or are we just allowing those sites to control us? Because they're made to be addictive. There is addictive technology behind them. So they're meant to keep you scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And the, the way the algorithm is, the algorithm gives you more of what you are interacting with. But we can communicate to the algorithm, I want to see more of this. I don't want to see more of that. So it's very important to have this intentionality and realize we have control. When we have these two uh, factors in place, then we can go in and learn more about the specifics of how to make that happen. Yeah. Okay. And, and that is... Um that's great because it seems that, like you said, we're the mayor of our, our little town square. Um, but, you know, it seems that, you know, for me, when I, when I decide, you know, maybe to employ some of those tools or not, um, to me, it's, it's my consideration is, is that is this someone that, um, whose message I like, you know, whose message I think supports my view of life, you know, um, and is someone that I, you know, kind of shares that view. Um, and then when it comes time to the idea of unfriending, you know, to me it's, um, to me it's just a hard, I mean, you've got 18,000, more than 18,000, you know, Instagram followers. So, out of all, I mean, you basically have connections with every one of them, you know. Yes. So yes. So I would think it would be very that you would have a very controlled kind of um, environment that you create there on your page. So it's, it's it's a great question because you're talking about followers versus people you are following. So. The people who follow you, yes, you, you have energetic connections with. So the 18,000 people that follow me, there is an energetic connection there. However, it's a, it's a, it's a subtler and an energetic connection. It's not as strong because I'm not the one following them. I'm not the, I'm not the one reaching out energetically. They are the ones reaching out energetically. And I'm just 
shining my light in a specific way with what I'm sharing, with the post and with the stories, etc., and then that's my boundary. And therefore, they're consuming what I choose for them to consume of me. They choose to see what I choose to show them. When it comes to the people I am following, that's where we have more control, and that's where we have stronger energetic connections because it's me reaching out and saying, I want to hear from you. So uh-huh. it's very important to have this, this understanding in mind and pay more attention to uh, the people that we are following and, and what's coming towards our screen and towards our eyes when we go through social media. And then ask ourselves the same question you're asking yourself. Is this someone that I keep want to, uh, to hearing from? Is it someone whose views resonate with mine? If they're not and I get triggered and they feel like they lower my vibration, I'm either going to unfollow them or I'm going to mute their stories and their posts so I don't see them. But they still remain within my energetic, uh, sorry, my my follower list. But again, you have some sort of control there. Yeah, great. Well, guys, we're down to the end of the show already, George. So, and, and, and we, we didn't even get a chance to talk about hot, uh, curating a high vibe community, which I think a lot of my, me and a lot of my followers would be interested in, but people can get that from your book. So, um, I guess in closing, you know, what is it that you hope that, uh, um, read, uh, the, the listeners and the readers of Protect Your Light would get from reading the book? That's a great question. So what my hope is for writing this book is that more and more light workers, spiritual people who are here to create positive change in the world, get control of their energy because our life's purpose is important. We're here to revolutionize the status quo. We're here to create something new. We're here to use our gifts and our talents to create change in the world. So the more we keep our energy clean and protected, the more we can be in touch with our intuition, with our soul, so we can receive all this knowledge about how to follow our purpose and so that we can follow our collective purpose of creating positive change in the world. Yeah, great. And, you know, and one of the things I like most about the book is that it's, like it says, going to be the title, A Practical Guide. I mean, it truly, you you offer um, actual activities that the reader can use to create that change. So I, I always like practical applications. So and your book does that well. So thank you for your time, George. Thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate it. You're very, you're very welcome. Again, everyone, today, my special guest is Ben George Lizzo. We've been talking about this new book, Protect Your Life, a Practical Guide to Energy Protection, Cleansing, and Cutting Cords. And again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is georgelizzo.com. And that's George, L-I-Z-O-S.com. You can also find, follow him on Instagram, like I did. And that's at George Mizzle. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit byteradio.me and select the one you use most. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.